FMX Network Production. You cast me, I'll complete me till death do us part. What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap Up Show. This is Dark Side from the Moto X Pod Show. This is the number one wrap-up show in the moto industry, where each week, myself and a couple guests wrap up and discuss the good, the bad, and the janky in that week's Pulp Mech Show. But before we get started, I want to thank all the sponsors who've come on board. Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motosport.com. I appreciate all the help and support from those great companies, so please use them and support them. Also, feel free to reach out with questions, comments, or critiques by emailing me, darkside at pulpmex.com. All right, let's wrap this thing up. What's up? It's time for another Pulp Mix wrap-up show. I'm your host, Darkside, brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires. And we're going to get right into this thing. We've got a lot to do. I've got MXON to get to, a flight to catch. So this week, I have a couple pro Supercross riders to help me out. First, brought to you by Gus Racing, Cheyenne Harmon. What's up, Cheyenne? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's been a little bit. Glad to have you on. We're going to kind of talk about what's what you're up to and whatnot here in a minute. But uh, also on the line, brought to you by Seal Savers, Travis Delnicki. What's up, Travis? What's going on, Dark Side? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for both of you guys doing this. I know you guys are busy. Travis, you've been at work. Cheyenne, you, it sounds like you've been riding. Where are you riding at today, yep. Cheyenne? Uh, I just left uh, the Top House facility out uh, in East Texas. Yep. Um, got my first day on supercross kind of on accident i kind of went there to ride outdoors and i ended up having the supercross track ready um i don't have a bike set up for it yet i've got my <laughs> outdoor bike with the with a scoop tire and hand guards but i made it work got some laps in and uh melted yeah we almost went there this weekend but we went and rode single track instead i don't i think that place it sounds like that tap house or whatever it sounds a little too too aggressive for me yeah, the their outdoor track's pretty bitchin'. It's it's really nice facility, and they're uh, they're doing a good job out there. Travis, you been riding any? Oh yeah, I've been riding a lot. Race, race just this past weekend, racing some NESC and stuff like that. So no, I'm still grinding, even though I'm grinding at work. But <laughs> it's sun up to sundown over here. <laughs> I hear you. Well, let's get into this uh, episode. I don't know if it's 519 or 520, and we'll talk about why that is in just a moment. There seemed to be a discrepancy either way. Uh, RJ, in studio, RJ and Robbie Wageman, Richard Taylor, and then on the phone we had Tim Ritchie, Rob Bidas, Denny Stevenson, as well as Lucas Myrtle, Mike Kodraski, and Randy Richardson calling in. But yeah, guys, I don't know if any, either of you watched at all the live stream Monday night, but there were some YouTube issues Basically, there was no YouTube stream for the first 20 to 30 minutes, so I kind of consider tonight having just silence for like 15 minutes in this wrap-up show, so that's you know, that's how we were going <laughs> to cover it, but I went ahead and went back. What, I listened what is, to it. What does Kiefer say? Silence. Yeah, silence. Burn lungs. <laughs> but uh, at, at one point, like I'm on the chat of YouTube, and there's nothing, and then it pops up, and then it goes off. And the, the YouTube chat or the YouTube page showed show 519. Then it went off. And then there was another one that came up that said 520. 
and it was live. Then it went off, and then it came back as 519. So I don't know what Travis had going on, Marks. It's, man, you were a mess. You were screwing with our heads. Pretty sure this is episode 519, though. Uh, Cheyenne, overall thoughts on the episode, the co-hosts. Uh, what'd you think? Well, there's never been a bad show, I don't think. It's always good. Uh, I did watch some of it live. Um, as you know, in Texas, our time, you know, it, it runs pretty late here. So I ended up missing some of it. Um, and I watched back, tried to go back and rewatch some of it. But uh, yeah, I, it's always good. Uh, Monday night's like my my news night. I sit there and watch Holt. It's usually what I do. So yep. yeah, everybody did good. Okay, uh, Travis, how about you? Because Robbie and RJ and Richard never have been in studio. As far as I remember, none of them have ever been in studio. I felt like they were a little timid. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, I was trying to think of that, too. I know they've all done privateer pods or whatever, but, yeah. Um, yeah, they haven't been in studio. I mean, there's nothing wrong with them. I thought they did a good job, but, yeah, a little, a little bit timid, like – maybe holding back a little, but it was, it was fine. They did a good job. Yeah. They, once they got into it, they were, they're okay. Uh, Robbie's pretty quiet, but I think that's just his personality in general. What I want to ask you guys, cause Steve always brings this up when I call in. It's like, I should have had those guys on this episode of the wrap up. I always disagree. I don't feel like anybody wants to hear them talk about what they just talked about Monday night. Like in my opinion, and I am. I'm going to have RJ and Richard next week on the wrap-up. That way they can talk about the behind-the-scenes stuff that we didn't see maybe or hear about. But then they can also talk about new stuff from next week's show. But I want to get your thoughts, Cheyenne. I mean, do you, to you, does it make sense to have the Monday's guests on the wrap-up show on Wednesday? Uh, you know, I, I heard that comment, and I kind of thought about it a little bit. Uh, I think it's good to keep it mixed up. I do, too. Uh, like you said, you know, they've already talked about what they were going to say and this is kind of a review pod. So you don't want them on here saying the same things. It kind of, I think makes it less interesting. My opinion. Good enough. I like your opinion. We'll stick with that. Um, let's get into, let's start with the MXON talk. That's obviously coming up this weekend. We got a lot of background noise on, looks like it's trap. I don't know. I can't tell. There's some background noise from somebody's phone. Try it now. We should be good. Yeah. Okay. We're good. All right, so let's get into the MXON talk. It's the most important thing going on right now. Starts in just a couple days. Lots of talk talk about it on Monday night. Let's listen to this audio. USA going to get it done? They have to get yeah. it done. I yeah. sure hope so. If they don't get it done at this point, <laughs> they have to I don't get even... it done. I sure hope so. Whoa. I we're winning. Oh, like, we're I winning. Just, yeah, I yeah. just have full faith in our guys. Like I think we're going to work as a team, and. We're going to win this thing. I, I just see Sexton and Tomac crossing the line one yep. and two. Together holding hands. Yeah, like, like they're going to do this thing. Dunge. Look, I think they get it done too, but Jesus Christ. I mean, they, they didn't make the podium the last time I was at Redbud. Yep. We went over the lineup before the show just one more time, and we're missing we're missing Geyser. We're missing Hurlings. We're missing Fevre. Like, come on. We got to get it done at this the, point. The depth isn't there as in the past, so... Technically, if shit goes sideways, you have less people to pass if you're Tomac Sexton. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. at Red Bud. Yeah, home it was last time too. I know. But if Sexton and Tomac nail their start like they did at Pola, we should be pretty dialed. Yeah, 
We're winning this. <laughs> okay, well, I think they are winning, Tim, but Jesus, they didn't even make the podium the last time, and you dumped you a know, bunch of sand on the track. Oh, quit it. Quit it. Quit it. <laughs> so, Travis, obviously, a couple days away, we're all hyped. We all want to be confident. You feel like the boys Monday night are a little overconfident, or are we on point to win this thing finally? Um, I I think that we all should be pretty confident in our team, honestly. Um, but yeah, like Steve said, you you never know because we all thought we were going to win last time pretty easily. But you know, I think the weather's going to be better, even though I. I don't know. Last I heard, there was chance of some rain, but um, I, I gotta, you gotta think we're gonna win, and if we don't win, that's gonna be a bad look. <laughs> I, I think we're gonna win. Yeah, I hope so. Cheyenne, again, everybody's pretty confident. Tim Ritchie came on. We're gonna talk more about Tim in a minute. Uh, you know, about the track prep and all that. Uh, but I think. The U.S., we're all pretty confident other than, like, Steve's kind of – he's being a little more realistic. He he remembers 2018 when we thought for sure we were going to win. He's not letting that go, and I don't think we should. Where do you stand? I think if there's a year we're going to win, it's this year. Everybody's, <laughs> okay. everybody's pretty good. I, however, was on the Christian Craig bandwagon for the 250. Yeah. But I'm a little concerned with Cooper and just – I mean, obviously, he's like a top-notch rider. I just, you know, he kind of seemed like to struggle a little bit towards the end of outdoors. And look, he didn't have the best outdoor season. I know he was coming sure. off injury. He had some good races. He had some bad races. So that that's a little iffy, but he's obviously very solid and a great choice, and has a and and he has the potential to to win it. I mean, I would not be shocked if he pulled a Villapoto and won a moto. Okay. You know, I, that that wouldn't shock me. Do I think he's going to do that? No, I don't think so. But I think the team's strong. Tomac and Sexton have gone to a whole nother level this year, and I I think I think we dominate. I like it. Well, and, if, I, and if we don't dominate, we're screwed. Are you gonna? Are you? Well, you're not. Are you? You're not going, right? No, unfortunately not. Okay. So yeah, Denny Denny Stevenson said, you know, like. If we don't win, he has to walk home. So that's that won't be good. We need we need the boys to win so that Denny doesn't have to walk home. Uh, and Tim Ritchie came on and talked about the changes on the track last or in 2018, what he did or didn't do. What do you think about that, Cheyenne? Because a lot of people really believed he threw a bunch of sand down. He's been very adamant that that's not how it happened. I did an interview with him for Vital a couple weeks ago. Very similar response to what steve got monday night uh, but i think tim is doing everything he can to keep the track prepped for whatever weather conditions we get and also make it not too gp-ish yeah uh you know i kind of feel bad almost for him because the flack that he got yeah. off of that yeah and if he really didn't you know do the the throw in all that extra sand and stuff and essentially ruin the track if, if he really didn't do that then i mean you know that's just an unfortunate thing there was a lot of rain and there is a lot of hillside there and they do have some softer dirt so um i mean but at the end of the day everybody had to race the same track i mean and those guys i, I know we had a little bad luck that year i think in the qualifying races yep um which hurt the gate pick which obviously the gate pick is very big there but at the end of the day 
all those guys had to run the same track. We were racing against the best guys in the world. Uh, you know, I think Tomac jumped on the new Cowie. Um, so I don't think he had a lot of time on it and he wasn't as dialed in on it as he was on the bike that he had just won the championship on. That's true. So now you're going into it. I was actually kind of concerned and was wondering, cause I saw a video of him at the Alpine star ride day, riding a 23. And I was just praying that he's not going to race that at destinations and just, which I'm sure star and the and everybody involved in team USA are probably saying, ride what you've been winning on okay. so yeah if he rides what he's been winning on and sexton's gonna ride what he's won on i mean I, I don't know you know those guys had some bad luck that year but everybody had to ride the same track we got beat and obviously the gp guys you know i've got to go race over in some different countries and you know i, I come back and i tell everybody quit bitching about our tracks here because track prep over there is like a, like gold if you got a prep track over in europe you're freaking you're living right, right that's right. just what we're accustomed to and that's why those guys are so good they can literally ride anything they grew up riding on the absolute worst conditions uh when i was in germany in 2019 uh when i rode for casual suzuki we were riding at ken roxon's place uh he had a tight little supercross arena cross style track and then he has an outdoor track and i just I went and took a lap or two on it just to kind of break the bike in a little bit, make sure it was all good. And it was the roughest, most hard packed track I've ever ridden in my life. There was not a spot on that track. And it's a, and it was a long track. I mean, it was probably a long, you know, a, a high one minute, low two minute lap time. And there was not a spot on that track that was not baked and concrete and didn't have a bump. That's so fun. those guys are good, but sure. I think, I think our guys elevated the, that we're putting in elevated level this summer. Okay. Before I go to you, Travis, we'll listen to a little audio from Tim Ritchie. My analogy is I think those guys knew exactly what the track was going to be from being there in July. You know, it's always kind of the same. Yep. And then it just threw them such a curve. Yeah, and you I, and you I didn't dump I mean, sand on it. I'm giving you a hard time. You did I not did dump not, sand on it. I did not. Right, right. What are you doing different this time, if anything, from the first go around? Like, what did you learn the first go around? Obviously, the weather played a factor in in things, but but oh, what are you doing better? I'm running the same exact racetrack. We got a lot of flack last time over making the track, you know, GP style, and 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 we didn't. I mean, I changed the starting line. I've been running the starting line since then. Nobody yep. thinks that's a GP start or anything, you know. Right. Um, we did that to house the pit lane. No extra sand. Couple, <laughs> couple inside bumps here and there. Just the normal thing I touch up here and there. But uh, yep. the weather's looking pretty decent. Um, we yep. have a couple chances here and there, some rain. But other than that, everything else is just the stuff we didn't know last time. The, the weather just ruined it last time. I, I felt like I spent the whole weekend in a bulldozer. It all goes well. We're not going to be... Throwing water on it, I hope. So, Travis, I do feel bad for Tim. Like, he's had to defend himself over and over. And he gave a little more detail in my my interview with him. But he talked about going into 18, it was dry, 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 dry for weeks, months, heading into MXDN, MXON, whatever you want to call it. And, and that dried the track up, and the dirt kind of opened up. And then all of a sudden, they had these crazy thunderstorms that just sat right over the track and it just soaked all that up. 
And that's sort of the same conditions they've had recently. It's been dry, dry, dry. And like Cheyenne said, yes, there's like a 48% chance of rain on Sunday. So we could have those same conditions, but I think he is preparing for that. And he also talked about, I had asked him about the sand, as Steve did, and he gave me a little more detail where he said, you know, every time going into a race, he'll take, or every even his local races, he'll take certain sections every so often and add some more sand because it washes away. And he'll just replace small sections at a time. Or if he has a section like a downhill that he wants to get rough for the pros, he'll add some sand to that section. And it was sort of just a perfect storm that happened going into 18. But I definitely felt bad for him, Travis. Yeah, it was. He pretty much had worst case scenario because yeah. if I remember correctly, like it never stopped raining. So he could never have a chance to like catch up, you know, like. Um, you know, if, if sand was washing down the hills or whatever, like it just never really stopped. So he couldn't take, you know, any time and kind of fix it or even, you know, Saturday night into Sunday. Um, so yeah, it's very unlucky, but I, I guess I have to go back and rewatch the race and really like to really remember how bad the track was. I mean, yes, it did look different, but I think maybe it's a little like people are maybe a overreacting slightly yeah um to that whole thing because i mean either way we weren't gonna win you know like (laughs) we didn't lose the race because the track was a little sandier you know i think people were just like trying to find an excuse some sort of reason for why we suck so bad (laughs) right right let me ask you this he steve asked him and he was vague but he asked him about our team, our, our boys, coming last Monday, uh, not this, a week ago, week ago Monday, out there to, to ride. And, tr- and he kind of beat around the bush. But yeah. how, do you f- how do you feel about that? Because they did go up there and ride. They spent some time together as a team. They all rode. Like, I think I love that. I love that they got together. They all agreed. They worked it out and spent some time hanging out and getting ready. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I actually did. Did Tim actually say that that they all rode together, or did uh, he? He like, sort of just beat around the bush about it. But they okay, were okay because I actually i I followed Dustin Cooper on Strava. Yeah, and I noticed this week that he did some. He he had like something posted of him riding in Buchanan, Michigan, and I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's, <laughs> like let's go. We're we're yeah. getting serious here. <laughs> yeah, they they, they so using- yeah. So, yeah, Cheyenne, again, they said it was an undisclosed location, but come on, man, it was Redbud. Like, how does that make you feel? I mean, if we have the opportunity to, to have that advantage, I mean, why, why not? I'm sure plenty of other teams and countries have gotten that opportunity before, and we don't know about it. So, I mean, if there's nothing in the rules that says you can't do it, then so be it. Let's do it. Yeah. But go ahead. if we don't win – it's going to look really bad. <laughs> it's true. Shit. Shit. Yeah. I, I like the fact just that they kind of all got together, even if they didn't ride. Like, I want this to be kind of like Paul Parabinos talked about the camaraderie, the the brotherhood, the the uh, net national pride, everybody getting together as a team. I like that. I hope that, you know, uh, all, all three of them really got a, a chance to get to know each other a little bit, maybe become friends. And that, I think that helps. I think that's going to be a big benefit. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I do want to well, talk. I think it's oh, also easier now because Tomac is, he's going to do Supercross and he's retiring. 
Yeah. I just watched the team ride video from Paula uh, yesterday, and there's a clip in there where Eli and Chase shake hands, and Eli, you know, they got the recording of Eli telling Chase, he goes, "It's all, it's all you from here on out." So oh, that's cool. I hadn't watched it's that yet. Like, kind of like the passing of the torch. So <laughs> I think with Eli kind of going into retirement mode after Supercross, you know, I think uh, it's it's easier for them to get along and Eli to share more more knowledge than if it would be if he was racing again next year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, hey, boys, for 22 years, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the first and the original fork seal protection that protects your forks from dirt, dust, rocks, sand, and mud. Seal Savers will always continue to innovate and improve, which is what led to the development of the easy-to-install Zip-On Seal Savers. And not only do they have a full line of products for your motorcycle, Seal Savers has essential products that are crucial for the performance of your side-by-side and your mountain bike. Seal Savers is the ultimate protection, so enter the code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. Uh... Real quick, just one of the questions Steve asked to the group was, where does the MXON rank with the other upcoming events, including World Supercross, Paris, and Straight Rhythm? So, Cheyenne, just real quick, like, how do those rank for you? Uh, I definitely in Motocross of Nations right now because we've got our best team going, I feel like, and I think we got a really good chance at winning. Um, so I'm, real, I'm really, really excited to see how that turns out. Um, so, yeah, I would say that's number one. Obviously, World Supercross is – I'm really interested to see how that format works mm-hmm. and, and how everything goes there. Um, so, and, you know, Straight Rhythm is obviously a very cool race. But, you know, it's more of a fun race. It's, it's I would love to do it kind of thing. But th- those two are the, the business, you know, and I'm excited to see how those two go. But I would say Motocross Nations ranks one for me. I agree. Travis, how about you? Uh, yeah, I agree with Cheyenne, honestly. Like, um, I'm, I am, now that we're getting, like, the week of the race and, like, only a couple days out, I'm pretty excited for MXDN. Um, and I also am very excited for World Supercross. Just kind of more, honestly, I'm not even that excited for the racing as much as I am just to see how it goes and see the <laughs> effect that it has on everything else. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. like, as far as the racing, like, the the lineup is a little all over the place. Like I, I don't really know what to expect as far as the racing goes, but the the series as a whole is interesting um, to see how that all plays out. One of the events that I feel like Steve should have added into those other four is the Pit Bike of Nations. I'm as excited for Pit Bike of Nations as I am Motocross of Nations. What do you think, Travis? Um. Yeah, I am excited. I wish, I don't, I don't, I'm not aware of any way to watch it, but I wish we could watch it. Um, I will say in 18, it was streamed. I do, I got asked about this today. I don't think it was on the MXGP site, but they streamed it somehow. I will find out and I will, whatever we find out, I'll make sure like Steve and everybody posts about it. I'll make that text happen, but go ahead. Um. I'll tell you something else that Steve didn't mention that I'm pretty excited for is uh, World Vets. I'm excited Woo. to watch watch uh, you and Steve go at it. That's right up there with MXDN. Well, we, we're gonna get <laughs> we're gonna get to that, and I agree. That's that's a hyped event. I don't know if uh, 
flow racing or somebody's going to come out and i would imagine hell they might put it on peacock it's such a big deal but we're going to get to that in a little bit cheyenne you're th- well let's listen to this audio real quick and then i'll ask you about pit bike we're looking forward to pit bike of nations again i'm going to try to get this bronze medal back um i heard there's some debate if you actually got the bronze medal last time like there's some scoring well listen, about this, who really, you, the person who was doing you know, the lap what? scoring you know them well you know them very well and she that was Said we were third. <laughs> She's the one that told me she wasn't sure. <laughs> it all goes to goes to shit down there. We have transponder scoring, so everybody's going to get that part right. Do we have? I've actually okay. put, put more effort in that thing. That I, I, we change a lot. We change the fence around. We fence through the middle of the track. Okay, we have fencing. We have fencing the track. this time. Yeah, yeah. We, we had it last time. I just didn't. Yeah, <laughs> again, you didn't know what you didn't know. I didn't know there was going to be. 8,000 people around that track. Not only did we get an extra bike for Mexico, we got one for Finland as well. Oh, nice. A couple more countries that Canada can beat down. We're a little worried about Galdi's uh, weight right now. Uh, we we're, we think that he needs to shed a few pounds. Who's on the who's um, on the who's on the pit bike team for those for those I don't players? know. Hunter won't tell me. Are we going to have an issue post race with the eligibility of some of these people in these countries? These are all ide- identical prepared TTR 110s. This is great. That's I mean, yeah, that better. makes for better racing. Yeah. As as the promoter, you can't let this stand. He's got to declare a team. Yeah, we'll declare it Saturday morning. Mertz, this is bullshit. You got to declare your team. We, we need to know. I need to know who's we on your team. We got some gunslingers coming. <laughs> who, who do you got? I'm not telling. It's secret. Rob, it's you can't nice. let this stand. I'm protesting, Rob. Tell Steve to stay out of it. Manage your own team, Steve. I've got my team, but I need to know who I can need to prepare for. I'm protesting you for drugs, PEDs. <laughs> the spoon selection should go in order of 2018 performance. I mean, that, I'm so confident the bikes are all the same. You guys can figure out however you want to do it, but it's going right? to be that easy to do. Shouldn't it go USA There's 1, UK thought. 2, Canada 3? I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah, we can't. Well, no, like, no, no. Like that. The number plates will be in there. You'll, you'll put them on at that point. So, Cheyenne, a lot of drama with this upcoming Pit Bike of Nations race. I do think Rob misunderstood the topic at the end there where he said, hey, we, it should be first pick should go to – the U.S., et cetera. He's like, oh, yeah, listen, the numbers are going to be the same, but not, that's not what he meant. But a lot of drama with Canada possibly not even getting third and 18. You know, Mertz in Australia not saying who the riders are. I can't wait. I think there's uh, more hype over the pit bike of nations than there is the actual race. Hell, yeah, it's more important. I'm, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing. I think it's going to be a good one. It's, it's, I really hope it's streamed somewhere because I want to watch. Yeah, I, I want to see tech- everybody clean everybody out. <laughs> I want to see pit bikes flying in the air. I want to see beer cans getting thrown. Okay. I want to see. I want to hear about the protests, and I want to see if Canada actually gets on the podium. I do too, uh, Travis. I, I just texted Steve about the the, the uh, streaming. He told me to ask Weed, so I'm going to text him. But last, yeah, 18. I was there. Complete mayhem. He's not wrong. There had to be at least 8,000 people on the track. Like, we actually left because it was hours and hours later start time because of all the mayhem. We drove all the way back to South Bend, and it was streamed, and we were watching it on TV, but it was still, you couldn't even tell what the hell was going on. It was such a mess. What Do you, you think that, you think USA can win that thing? I think, yeah. I mean, with, Carson Brown's really all you need, but <laughs> right, I mean right. Willie Browning is pretty not 
Harley too. So, and I mean, Villapoto, he's, he's awesome. He'll, he'll tell you himself. <laughs> um, so honestly, I don't, I wish, I don't know any of the other riders on the team besides Canada. So, um, I'm going to go with, yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't think the teams have been posted anywhere. Have they? Not that I'm aware of. No, but uh, the, basically though, the our, the whole point of this is it's, it's equally as exciting as MXON. I can't wait for this thing. Steve should have put it in his list with the other four ride uh, races. We'll find out. Hopefully, we just text me back before the end of this, and we can tell you where to watch it. But going back to Rob Bidas, who came on, uh, he's organizing this event. Cheyenne, he's announcing the race. Hopefully, he'll do better than an 18 where he lost his voice. He had some thoughts. You talked about Justin Cooper, I believe, Cheyenne, a minute ago. And he actually said, hey, Cooper, Justin Cooper is the most vital role of our team because of those things you talked about. But what did you think about Rob Bidas coming on the show? Was he good? Well, he's got a very iconic voice. Yeah, so yeah. You can, with, I'll be honest with you. I didn't even know his name all these years until now. No. I just know his voice. and I, 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 you, you can't miss that voice. Um, yeah, it's always – it was good. Uh, seems like uh, – it sucks that I'm not going or that I wasn't there before because I could feel like I could have more input, but, um, but yeah, hopefully he doesn't lose his voice and hopefully USA wins. Go with USA. It sounds like it's going to be more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not going to be such a shit show. It's going to be more, damn, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, organized. It's going to be more, yeah. Yeah, much well, more organized. They've, they've done, they've, they've had one before. I don't think it went bad. I mean, we didn't win. I think if we would have won, nobody would even be having a conversation. Best motor across the nations ever, but we didn't win. And so whatever, but, but yeah, they've got to do one now. Obviously they host a national every year. They know what they're doing. Yeah. So well, I, I was more talking I, about the pit bike races. It was believe, unorganized. I believe this could, this could potentially maybe be the best motor across the nations hosted because I feel like they're going to really put a good effort into to making sure that it is. I love it. I love it. Uh, real quick, a couple just housekeeping kind of things. The co-host went on an e-mountain bike ride. Other than RJ, he decided to ride the acoustic bike. I don't know, Travis. I think if everybody's going e-bike ride and I'm on an e-bike, man, I'm not, I'm not man enough to jump on an acoustic and try to keep up with some e-bikes in the high des. Or yeah, what, whatever I- Vegas is called. I guess Vegas is not technically high des, but it's all the same to me. <laughs> yeah, actually, I usually am that guy that's really? riding with the e-bikes, and I'm on the acoustic, and it's not—it's no fun. And uh, especially in that environment with the uh, rocks and all that, like, yeah, it's not a good move. No, I—I I should have rode an e-bike with Kiefer a few weeks ago. I got screwed on that deal. Uh, another cool thing that happened was Mike Kadrowski called in. You guys are kind of young. Either one of you remember much about Kadrowski, the MX kid? Yeah, so uh, I grew up racing off-road, and he was racing works at the time. Okay. I, I think he was racing works at the time, or he had just retired or something like that. Um, that's where I knew him from. And then once I got older, then I learned that you know he actually raced motocross. But I originally just knew him from off-road. So, yeah, yeah, I've known uh, who he is. And, uh, you know, Suzuki, I, I grew up riding Suzuki, so he was a Suzuki guy. All right, yeah, he was always Kawasaki, as I remember, you know, in his heyday. But 
with uh, the fact okay well then he was on he was on suzuki in his off-road day, yeah right? yeah that, that that's makes what sense. that's what i remember sure him. That's cool though. He he used to Travis. He used to come to the races and he had a Ferrari and his his uh, license plate was MX Kid K I E D like his name spelled, and that was always <laughs> like in magazines and yeah, he was just the California boy with the freaking Ferrari. It was really cool. When I was fifteen or you know fourteen, fifteen, going to Anaheim and the, the Ferrari would be there, I'd be like, oh my god. Yeah, I I go back and watch all old races Sweet. all the time and everything, and I would say like I'm pretty. I'm a pretty good historian on the sport. And, like, yeah, yeah, there's a couple iconic Kudrowski moments. I mean, he was very dominant at Daytona. And then uh, I I think the most famous one is the him and and, uh, Larocco at Red Bud getting into it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'll never forget that. (laughs) So, yeah, no, he's definitely, and like Steve always says, he's a very underrated champion. Of yeah, the sport. absolutely. Very cool that he called in. He's a friend of the Wagemans, so I really enjoyed him calling in. The other thing I want to touch on, just kind of housekeeping or whatever you want to call it, little RT, Richard Taylor in studio, and they talked about, you know, hey, I've been, or Steve said, hey, I want to get you and your dad in here, but Rich. RT says, like, hey, you got to gain five seconds. <laughs> I don't know if it means five seconds alive or five seconds overall, but either one, before he comes in, and Steve posed the question, "Is your dad has your dad ever been happy with your riding? Now, does either one of you know RT at all, Richard's dad? Um, I've, I've met him a couple of times. He, uh, he helped me, like – Got me some X brand stuff at one of the nationals oh, yeah, this yeah. year. And I stuff brought like you, that. I brought you some to Supercross the first time I met you. I think, didn't I? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've, I've met him a couple of times. Not, I don't really know. I wouldn't say I know him, but he is extremely nice. From he, the okay. couple of times I have met him, very, very nice. Except for when it comes to Richard's racing, he always is so hard on Richard. He's like, "Yeah, he just sucks right now. He just sucks. I don't know what he's doing." So when Steve said that, I was dying because every time I ever talk to Rich, he's very, very hard on on little RT Richard's riding. So it was pretty funny. I don't know that Rich will ever be in studio if that's what he expects. <laughs> Five seconds, Cheyenne. That's a lot to make up. Five seconds is a lot. That sounds like some stuff my dad would say. Yeah. So I can, uh, when I, when I heard that, I was like, I just related. I was like, well, that sounds like something my dad would say That's awesome. to do. I love it. I love it. Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and Jeremy McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, and many more. If it's stomp performance you want, you've come to the right place, so check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. Uh, let's get into this Ken Roxon drama. I'm kind of over. This is one of those topics that, like, after it goes on for a certain a week or so, I kind of like, all right, I'm over it. But it was a big topic. Let's listen to what... Let's listen to it, and we'll discuss it. And he said that, you know, he has no contract. His contract was done at the end of the year. And he's been negotiating with Honda, and he said Honda pulled the offer off the table. And uh, it was a good offer, and it pulled it off the table with Supercross only for next year. In sort of an unprecedented move, Honda comes back in with a press release the next day and says we the offer was not pulled away. It was not withdrawn. Your agent declined it. It really boils down to this World Supercross ride. He, Honda doesn't want to support it. They, uh, he committed to two rounds of this World Supercross without telling Honda about it, just assuming that they were going to support it. 
which is kind of bizarre that he and his agent would, would do that. But Honda said, we'll sign you for Supercross 2023, but you can't do those World Supercross rounds. And Kenny and his agent said, no, we have to do those World Supercross rounds. And that's where the impasse is. And Honda put the press release out. Kind of a crappy way for Ken and Honda to go out. Like, what a legacy. No titles, but dude, race wins indoors and out, right? Yeah. Uh, a great comeback from an injury. It's sad that it it just went like this. Like, but if you're the OEM, what are you getting out of that? Like, you're not your rider's making a shit ton of money, but you're doing work and exposing him to injury. I almost feel like Honda's letting him be a free agent. He can go do these races as a free agent, and then once the races are over, couldn't they hire him back and it'd be a win-win? He did the races not under Honda anymore. Mm-hmm. He's a free agent yep, now. Yep. And then he'll, if they hire him back, then he gets the races, and Honda gets another potential Supercross winner. Yep. And they're not screwing their other riders because Honda doesn't isn't. Yeah, yeah, because he's a free agent. Not Honda. Yeah. Look, look, it's I've heard that too. It's not a crazy theory. There was no severing of, of ties in the press release. Yeah. They met. They left it open. Like we still support Ken. You know, th- it was they 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 left it open in in the press release. He's coming off his worst year, ever, as a as, for Honda. He's. Not happy with the bike. Very vocal about it during Supercross, right? He agreed to a World Supercross ride without telling Honda. Just assuming, I guess, that they would support it. Uh, Travis, so this is one of those stories that has so many sides to it, right? We got each of the Honda side, Kenny side, the truth, and there's probably a lot of stuff that we don't know about other parts of the story. I feel like Steve handled it very diplomatically and kind of gave us a lot of the highlights of what we needed to know. What do you, I I don't, even Denny said, I I think he'll end up back on Honda in 23. Richard kind of touched on maybe that's what they're doing. They're kind of giving him an out. I don't see that happening personally, but what are your thoughts on the discussion of Ken? Uh, Yeah. After like how all this went down, I don't, I have a hard time seeing them like, you know, working it out either side of it, really. Um, but as far as like what actually happened, yeah, it's really tough to pick a side because I feel like both sides have valid points. And um, I am kind of a a Kenny fan, but honestly, like I feel like he, they, you know, him and Steve really should have gone about this a little bit better. Like I have a hard, but at the same time, I also have a hard time believing Honda just knew nothing about it. But if that is true, yeah, it's not good for Kenny. I mean, it. I, I don't know. It's really tough to pick a side for me, but it, it's just a mess, really. I, I don't have really an opinion on it, honestly, because, like I said, both sides have good you know, points to what they're saying. Okay, well, Cheyenne, so Steve said that, like, what does Honda get out of this? And I think that's the biggest point. It's a business, right? Honda's a business. They're trying to make money. Ken is a is a contracted employee. He's he's basically like they need him to be healthy, right? So what are they going to get from him going to World Supercross? Nothing. But they need him healthy for Supercross. So if he goes to World Supercross and gets hurt and then can't do Supercross, which is the only thing he was going to be contracted for, doesn't make much sense for Honda. So I don't and I and I do I do kind of believe that Ken agreed to the World Supercross thing without telling Honda ahead of time. I really personally fall on the on Honda side on this, but I kind of want to get your thoughts and just like how the boys discussed it, what you thought of their interpretation. 
Yeah, obviously, I, I understand both sides. But as you said, I mean, Honda's got a big, big, big investment with him. And, you know, he didn't have a great year. And he's obviously got health issues that require that do require him to actually have rest and to not maybe be on the bike or training as much. So I, I understand on their side of like, hey, like you're already kind of struggling. Why would you go race more? Let's get this figured out. Let's get you back to healthy. Yeah. Let's not go race. Granted, it is only two races, but yeah, something happens. He goes there and he does get hurt, which, you know, that we never hope that that possibility is always there. If it does, then their investment's out. And then on Kenny's side, he wants to race and he's getting paid. So, yeah, yeah. I think Steve's point, though, too, of he's been very vocal about his unhappiness. Like, I just feel like there's already a wedge between Honda and Ken. So I find it very difficult to believe that he's going to come back. And I know a lot of people have brought up the Red Bull thing. I'm not so sure that he can't get out of that, just from things I've heard. You know, like, I, I, I think Kenny has I, he has an issue with being a little vocal about negative things going on. And when you're a sponsor that he's saying negative things about or causing problems, eh, maybe it's time to part ways sometimes. So I guess we'll see what happens in a few months. But it's it's been interesting for like a week, but I'm over it. So let's move on. Get on to the next thing. Uh, how about this? You guys are both Pulp fans. You both watch when you can on YouTube. What would you steal from the studio if you had a chance to take something? Most of the boys said the JS7 helmet. Uh, there was a Summer Cross trophy pick, uh, the Pastrana Chest Pro, Timmy Ferry, MX of Nations jersey. I know you can't see everything that's in the studio, but of what you know is there, is there a favorite, Travis? Uh, yeah, I'm taking the the uh, Chad Reed 103 jersey. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Why? Cool for me. Uh, I just, I was the, still, I still am, but like, I am the biggest Chad Reed fan there could ever possibly be. And it literally since day one, when he came over for YOT, uh, yeah, that like him on that bike just has so much, it's so nostalgic for me. Like, okay. I, I, I just, I have like such childhood dreams, like memories of that, <laughs> of right. that time. You and I need to talk. We need to talk off the air. I'm not going to get into to my Chad Reed thoughts on here, but I'll go James Stewart. James Stewart's the man. Uh, Cheyenne, <laughs> what would you take? You know, I, I really don't want to jump on the bandwagon, but gosh dang, a freaking Red Bull JS7 helmet. I know. I mean, uh, that, that's, that's top notch. That's, that's a hard one to be, but I've been trying to think of something just to be different. I mean, can I, can I take his dog? Is that an option? <laughs> or Pookie? No, uh, no, the, the, yeah, uh, I know. I just said, or Pookie. His, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think he would let his, I think he would let one of those go before the JS seven helmet. Probably. You might be right. I also like, and I think somebody mentioned it, the, uh, the team Pete gear, I think it was Budman's gear, the full set of gear. That looks good. There's, there's some, there's a lot of stuff in there. I, I wanted yeah, I, to sneak. I was, one of I was my, trying to remember everything that was in there because, yeah. like, when I got to go. But yeah, that the JS7 helmet. Me and me and Logan. That was like the first thing we're like, we need to take this. Was was this the current studio, the one you went to, Cheyenne, or was it the old house? It was the old house. Okay. But more stuff. I know he still has all like all the same stuff put up. Yeah, yeah, but the old house had a little bit more out, so you saw a lot more of the collection. I think. Um, yeah, yeah, the James Stewart helmets, whew, that's a good one. I, I, I would like to have my hands on that. 
There's a lot of cool gear. I wanted to sneak one of my jerseys in and like put it on the wall <laughs> and see how long it took before he noticed. But I gave him a jersey and I don't see it hung up. So, huh. well, you know where it would get hung up if you'd given somebody else one because I'm looking at my wall and yeah, no, I see a Del Nicky one though. I uh, you know what we we can work this out. Okay, you 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 get me. Uh, yeah, I'll get you. I'll get you one. All right. Yep. I see the Del Nicky 248 right next to uh, the Kerr 597. So we'll get a we'll get a Harmon one in there one of these days. Yep. <laughs> Got you. Michelin, Michelin Bicycle Tires, the sponsor of this Pulp MX wrap-up show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin can, continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin Bicycle Tires and mountain bike legend Cam Zink or the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill or even myself who ate shit with the Michelins today – Bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products, including the Wild Enduro, the E-Wild, the BMX 20-inch Pilot tires, or any of the road models. But yes, I had my first mountain bike crash today. That was not fun. So I, uh, I, clipped, a, I clipped a pedal on a tree root, and the next thing I know, I was over the bars into the trees. <laughs> awesome. Oh, I know. Mountain bike crashes are gnarly. I remember one time being my... This was, I would, I don't even think I had a driver's license yet. Uh, me and my old mechanic, Max, were mountain biking, and we didn't really have good mountain bikes. I We both had hardtails, but I gave him my old, uh, I literally think it was a mongoose or something like that, <laughs> yeah. old as hell. Sure. And he's going down a hill and clipped a root and fucking flipped into the creek, like down this hill. Oh, shoot. That was worse than me. <laughs> it, it was one of the, like, we, he was fine, and it was just one of those things, like watching this piece of crap bike just flip to the bottom of the hill into the creek yeah that's kind of how just, it was for me today. you had to be there but it cracks me up every time yeah. i think about it mine was super slow motion unlike on a motorcycle i was like oh am i going down oh i am going oh wait am i gonna say oh oh no nope. i'm in the grain i'm in the leaves and i'm just covered in leaves and dirt and i'm pissed off and then i'm like i don't even <laughs> want to ride the like i have to ride out of here now it sucked it sucked i feel like mountain bike crashes are like you either don't crash and you, or you absolutely just weed yourself. <laughs> yeah, I was very lucky that I at least landed in a bunch of soft leaves because there's like little tree nubs from where they cut down trees that I could have easily landed on. So I was pretty lucky. But I, I was questioning, because I'm very new to the mountain bike world, I feel like my pedals are way too close to the ground. They're 175 cranks, which I guess is standard. But... I, I don't know. Am I like riding the bike wrong? Like I'm pedaling while I'm turning and the pedals clip the fucking roots. Like, I don't know how you stop that, but other than don't pedal, I guess. Yeah. I know like when I'm, uh, road biking, when I'm like making a curb, I try to make sure like I swing out. Granted, I'm, when you're mountain biking, you don't really have that luxury, but yeah, yeah I always try to make sure, uh, my pedals kind in situations like that, try to stay a little bit even cause they do catch the ground. Damn sure do. I've done it a couple times. This is the first time I hit the deck, though. So, man, all I need to do is hurt myself before vets. But we, we, Steve would love that. Uh, <laughs> before we get into that, though, let's talk about Denny Stevenson for just a minute, Travis. He came on. Denny's super intense, and wa- he was wired Monday night. I like him as a guest. He's very excited. And he, he said this. I think Jet moving up to 450, I think it's a little bit of a mistake. I would have thought Hunter would have been a better idea. I don't think at 19... 
that he is quite the man to run that 450 like like Eli does, and we saw Chase become a man this past summer. Not quite big enough, strong enough, I don't think, to run that pace. But yeah, racing, racing in the open class, I think, will make things a little bit easier. No, you, you're all valid points. Travis, hot take from Denny Stevenson. Yeah, that is a hot take. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree with it. Like, if I guess if they were both going to do 250 all year next year, maybe I would put Hunter on it just because he has a little bit of MXDN experience. But I feel like that doesn't even really matter. Like, he's going to the experience is going to help him in either class. So <clears throat> seems like Jet's really been wanting to ride the 450. Really wanted to ride the bike at Paula. Like, um, so. I think I think that they're doing the right thing. Okay. How about you, Cheyenne? Because uh, I actually somewhat agree. I think Hunter would have been a better choice. I kind of feel like it's Jet, the team, the, his crew being a little cocky. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I um, I agree. I think Hunter would have been a better choice for the 450. I think he's more mature, and his, his riding style, I feel like, is uh, – would be better on a 450 um but if jet's gonna be riding outdoors on a 450 next summer and hunter's not then i see what they're doing there of giving him kind of almost just throwing him in there to the wolves and yeah seeing how he does and then that way it gives it a, it'll give them a really good base obviously to to know what they need to do on on setup and work on and um i think he's gonna have to put on some some weight you know as in you know he needs to bulk up a little bit to to ride that bike, I think. But uh, yeah, I think I, I was kind of thinking the same thing. I thought, you know, Jed's done really good on the 250, and if they're wanting to win, like, why not keep him on the 250 and then put Hunter on the 450? And um, yeah, I I 100% agree. Yeah, and I don't think Jet's going to do terrible, but I guess we're going to see how it goes. No. Uh, it, either way, it'll still be a good show. The other thing with Denny, guys, was he had a couple of really good stories. He had the chicken story, right? Chicken they, it brought up, got brought up because they talked about Holly and the blowjob before the race and how bad he did. And Denny said, talked about chicken hooking up with a chick while walking into the track through the tunnel, basically at a supercross race. Man, Travis, what a life! What the era that those boys lived in? I I just feel like we need more Denny stories. Yeah, that Denny lived a good life. That whole era. They don't even know how lucky they got it. You can't get away <laughs> with that stuff nowadays. Uh, no, I would like to have some more details, Cheyenne. And then he had the, the Dave Castillo, the Godbot story on uh, Charlie's Angels with Drew Barrymore. Like, Drew was all into him. I don't know, even if I had a chick, if I was in a relationship, you know, it's Drew Barrymore, Cheyenne. Come on. You gotta have a pass. Man, don't put me in this situation. I don't know. It's a pass. It's true, Barry. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a, it's a risky, it's a risky business there. You know, risky business. All right. Uh, well, but yeah, that era, like Logan, is in the wrong era of racing. <laughs> yes, like he, yes, he's the only guy that I know that can pull off, you know, the stuff that he does and be successful. Yeah, A Ray. Don't get me wrong. Logan works really hard, but you know, with the I'm just I'm more or less burned to like the OnlyFans and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Like yeah. I know if I tried to do that, man, I feel like everybody would rip me apart. <laughs> Nobody would want to help me. Right. Okay. Logan just got that personality to be able to do that and, and pull that off. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, the other caller that I want to talk about was Rory Sullivan. I didn't really know anything about him. I'm a big fan. After this, like I I dig this guy. 
I absolutely want to go to go to Gold Creek Lodge. I'm really upset that I didn't get the invite, Travis. But this place sounds like heaven. Yeah, it sounds super awesome. Like we, I've never been to um, even like a trail ride or anything like that, really, honestly. But to yeah, from the little bit that I saw, I'm excited to watch the YouTube video because it sounds like it was a good time, and like it sounds like there is maybe Steve had a few moments of madness out there. So, um, I'm excited to see that. And yeah, as far as like Rory goes, I had, I had never heard of him either. And when I saw that he was a guest on the show or whatever, Steve like, um, <clears throat> tagged him on, on yeah. his post about, about the show. And I clicked on his profile and I actually did reckon, recognize him seeing him at a few nationals after I clicked on his, on his profile. I, I did recognize that I saw him at, at a couple of the nationals that I did this year. And, uh, <clears throat> But yeah, I'd never heard of him, and but he was a good guest. He he was like good on the show. He, he had a lot of good, funny things to say. So I was kind of surprised because I saw that he was going to be on. I was like, yeah, whatever. But sure, sure, no, yeah. it was actually a good conversation. Well, I've got a little montage of his call. Well, first off, I want to tell my audience listening that Rory told me at the end of day two, oh, maybe halfway through the day two, I didn't think I was really going to like you. That's what Rory told me. <laughs> but he's yeah. like, yep. he's like, you're wow. all right, dude. Tell that to wow, everyone brutal. who doesn't like you in the fan base. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's really good. I, I I made Rory Sullivan. No, no yeah. I love it. Let's 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 just throw it out there. You know, like let's not play games. Yeah. Life's short. If I if I'm not gonna like you, I'm not gonna like you. And yeah, it was better than I thought, Steve. So yeah. that's great. No, um, thank you. Yeah. It's the persona, right? Like you put that vibe out there, just like Phil. Uh, I met uh, Nicoletti earlier this year, and I didn't think I'd like him as well because mm-hmm. of the same thing. It's kind of like almost a character. I got to Gold Creek that said you won some moto race. The week before, on your Cowie, uh, you've done enduro cross. You were on a, a Yamaha out there. Um, you ride a KTM as well, dude. You're you're kind of like every like you're living the life of like, hey, you want me to teach these guys? Sure. Hey, there's a moto race this week. All right, I'll line up. Oh, hey, there's enduro cross. Yeah, sure, I'll go to that. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you the quick synopsis. <laughs> Nobody knows who I am, but I love my life. So right, right. Here, here's the deal. It's like. I told I told Ryan it was great to see him after all these years. We, I knew him when he was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Do you like riding dirt bikes? And he like ah, you know, like ah, <laughs> kind of like you know, I want to get paid to ride my bike. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. But do you like dirt bikes? Yeah. And I love dirt bikes. That's the bottom line. And so how I can explain myself is I am not great at anything. I'm <laughs> you said this a, a lot few of times. Things. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I I just love riding and. Um, that's what connects my my life. Ryan wanted to drive the boat, and I was like, "Yep, yeah, you know, you're good. Drive drive the boat." And he uh, he didn't listen to the instructions. <laughs> He's driven a boat before, but he turned a little bit too quickly, and he swamped swamped the boat a little bit. It was pretty intense with Jake and and Ryan giving you an immense amount of shit. Was <laughs> like when I went down. When you went to go back up the hill, and I went down, like following RV. Weimer's yelling, Steve's down, Steve's down. Arby's going, ah! I'm just like, these fucking guys. Like, uh, that's the last thing I want to do is have them in my ear. Yeah, so Cheyenne, super funny guy. I, I love the last story there with the Cardo headpieces and that RV laugh, but then RV swamping the boat. Just a ton of funny stories. And, little be- and even the fact that he didn't think he was going to like Steve, I really enjoyed the Rory interview. It was one of my favorites, probably my favorite of the night. Yeah, he seems like a down-to-earth dude. I, I know who he was just because, like I said, I grew up doing off-road, so I knew his name. Uh, 
from from that yeah yeah no it, was, it sounded like a good story it sounded like a good trip uh when i was listening to that podcast i actually i had to look up that place i'd never heard of it and uh yeah i sent it in my family group chat and i was like well i think i know where if we're ever going to do a vacation <laughs> i think we should uh you know my go go here that would be uh pretty awesome absolutely yeah it, i listened to last week's show which was from there and it yeah definitely got me hyped up i want to get up there uh, those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motorsport.com. And don't forget to use the widgets on Pulpmex and PulpMexShow.com. Click those the link you to the website. And let, let them know that you're listening to Pulpamex, and you can get all kinds of stuff. I just got some inner tubes in for my Husky 350 and some oil filters and all kinds of stuff for my 252-stroke, motorsport.com. Uh, I did get a text back from Weege. He did say, yes, even practice on Friday for pit bikes will be streamed. I asked him where. I have not got a response, but it will be streamed. So at least you know it's a possibility to watch. Once I find out where, I will at least tweet it and make sure steve and everybody else gets it tweeted and vital we'll we'll get it all up there so you listeners can find out where to watch the pit bike races uh let's listen to the rant this was uh richard taylor had a rant this is it these yep. guys like to make me out as the dirtiest rider of all time i don't think <laughs> i deserve it i'm not We're dirty. just saying you cross jump i don't cross jump i just chop people which is pretty <laughs> I, dangerous i mean what's the difference I'm not not in the air. Oh, okay. Yeah, like they're mad because on the start at Glen Helen one time, I came over on him really hard out of the gate, but mm -hmm. it's a straight line and I hole shot. And then another time, there's a video of me doing it to someone else. And then on Instagram, recently, I come down the hill and they think that I was too close to the guy and came across and I was. I got. He, okay. okay, first off, he it, cut me off at Glen Helen. This, <laughs> he earned his nickname Dick because he cut me off years ago. Yep. Then he posts this video and he's like trying to show people how to take a good line at Glen Helen and he comes from all the way left <laughs> down to the all the way downhill. right okay the poor guys on a Yamaha just trying to probably make yeah. it down the and downhill that guy's probably me okay but the angle made it look worse than it was I mean it was, it was pretty bad dude so your rant like, is my you rant are not is, a I dirty deserve this. right yeah the wagemans the wagemans are are bullying you yes they say I yeah. crossed him on the mountain bike ride today you stopped all right, Travis. So, not Richard's my friend. Not a great rant, in my opinion. But as a rider, what do you take away from this? I chalk. Well, I thought it was funny because it reminds me of like any conversation that I have with like uh, some of my buddies after after a race weekend or something. You know, there's always something that I I get called out for. You know, but. Um, I, I don't know. I I think I had a reputation of being a dirty rider also at one point. Um, but I I don't know. It's tough to say. I've never raced with Richard that I can think of. Yeah. So I don't know. It's tough to say. I, I don't. But it just yeah, wasn't, like you said, not the best rant. Yeah, it but, wasn't rant worthy. It was it was a good story. Like it was a good topic to bring up. I just don't think it fit in the race tech rant of the week. Uh, pulp twenty two to save. At race tech, but yeah, I didn't think it fit the the segment personally. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I guess. But, but Cheyenne, as a as a racer, just the, his, I don't I don't cross jump, but I chop. What I don't know what that means. 
Uh, yeah, I was kind of trying to sit here and think. I mean, <clears throat> I get what he's saying, but is he is he meaning like he like chops like at the face? I thought, or, I thought he meant like he, I, he comes I'm, over. I'm like, not sure. Yeah, I didn't really think it was a rant. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, racing's racing. Yeah, <laughs> that's, if that's you it. if you have the wheel, you have the lines. The way I look at it, I mean, okay. I've quote unquote chopped plenty of people, but <laughs> cross jumping is one thing that I will just see absolutely red on. Sure. Um, yeah. And I don't care who you are. You just that's just a a spoken unspoken rule. You just don't cross jump anybody. If you want to clean me out in the corner, if I want to clean somebody out in the corner, do it there. But do not do it in the air because, I mean, that can just go so wrong for everybody involved. Yeah, you and kill somebody. Not only just people in the YouTube, but whoever's behind you. Yeah. And then yeah, you're, you I know, agree. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's There's, talk. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. That's fun. Uh, cross jumping is just, you, you just can't do that. Like, it's just. Off limits. There's no, in no way is that okay. Hundred <laughs> percent. Let's talk about Steve's buddy Kurt Wyatt, who jumped in from Canada. This dude. Okay, much like Denny stories, I feel like Kurt Wyatt needs to come on once a month and give us a Steve Mathis childhood story. I like this guy. Instantly related when he was talking about the Iron Maiden jacket because I was, you know, I had the denim. Guys, again, you're younger. In the mid-80s, when I was going to school, the denim jackets were cool with all the band patches. Like, I had all, you know, my Guns N' Roses or my Motley Crue patches and Iron Maiden. So, I instantly felt like a kindred spirit with this guy. But then he, he was like, Steve was complaining about his hometown of Manitoba and the mosquitoes and blah, blah, blah. And, and he's like, you don't remember, man. It's not that bad. Like, he was, Cheyenne, he was putting him in his place a little bit. And he was funny. And he wasn't having any of Steve's shit. And I like Kurt a whole bunch. I want him on more often. Yeah, it's always funny having somebody. Uh, it's a have, uh, you know from your past. You know that mm-hmm. that knows you before you were known and all that. Like, you know they see they see you different and aren't aren't afraid to uh, you know talk shit to you or put you in your place in front of people. So yeah, no, that's always good. Uh, speaking of bands, I got to be front row to leonard skinner sunday night oh really where'd you go see them uh up in oklahoma at, uh, okay rocklahoma um i was up at my girlfriend's and she found two tickets on sunday night front row for 150 bucks for both of us and i got to be front row to leonard skinner the only thing i was missing was my tuxedo t-shirt <laughs> yeah they're still a good band even though the, a lot of the original members you know and the, the original lead singer uh ronnie's not in the band anymore Obviously, since they passed away, but the band still kicks butt. Yeah, no, it was it was awesome. Uh, it was a great show, and at the very end, they did the, they did Freebird, and it was yeah. like a whole thing like tribute. It was it was an awesome experience. Very but sorry cool. to get off topic there. No, no, that's fine. Band, music, so. I'm always fine with but you music. Would like that. Yeah, I'm going to see Iron Maiden in just a few weeks. So I can't wait. Uh, another story, Travis, or he kind of talked about them being chased out of a girl for a girl's house when their dad came home and he, they told the stories about racing arena cross and their dad's getting hammered again. Kurt just Kurt was awesome. Yeah. It's nice to have like, it's almost like a, you know, you get a different perspective on Steve when somebody like that comes on, like kind of away from his, you know, his real job of covering races and stuff like that. You kind of see a little bit more of his attitude in normal, you know, in normal life. Yes, so I, I yes. like that, and to have somebody you know come on from his childhood is, is c- kind of cool. 
kind of a different perspective from from Steve. Totally agree. And this this was the best story of the night. I think I think um, the all time best one was uh, we'd go on our own once we were like seventeen. Yep. Cross the border, go down, and Steve had this truck where uh, propane it burnt propane the or box natural van. gas box, box van. van. Yeah, the yeah. box van. Yeah. And uh, coming home, you're uh, you had crashed. You'd broke your pelvis. I cracked my pelvis. Were you? Yeah, was, not knowing you had p- cracked it, we were rolling yeah. you around in an office chair. So the right. deal was is because I, I I crashed on Friday. It, they still had to race Saturday, and nobody's taking me to the hospital. So we get home, Steve. We shuffle Steve over into the driver's seat because he was laying in the back crying, and uh, <laughs> and we get him in the seat, and he says to me, "I was the last guy out." Yeah. He's like, and "This is before cell phones." He's like, "Call my mom and dad." Yeah. Tell them I'm coming home. Him it's coming like two home. in the morning, and it just started snowing. Like, and I had to, and I couldn't, snow on the ground. I couldn't yeah. move my legs because my pelvis was cracked. It was locked. So out. one foot was brake, one foot was gas, all the way home from his place, which wasn't that oh, far. Yeah, drove, a couple miles. Drove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because he was, I dropped him off first. It was At this my point, van. we just thought it was a sprain, though. Like right. everything was a. Sprain. So I say yeah. to him, "Call my mom and dad." Or and tell him I need help. I need help getting out of my van. Like everything's right. locking up at this point, right? He goes to bed. He doesn't call my mom. Oh, no. <laughs> he goes to bed. Yeah. Well, I, I went in the house. My dad was having a rum and yeah. started telling right. racing stories. Right. So, Nothing to do with you, though. I yeah. get to my house, and I'm expecting my... Just slipped his mind. Yeah, yeah. I'm, well, expecting Debbie, yeah. I'm expecting Debbie to come out and help me You know, get out of the van because I can't literally move. Yeah. And I'm like... <laughs> like kind of barely hitting the horn because I don't want to wake up the neighbors or right. anything, right? But I'm just like, hey, nothing, 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 nothing. I'm like, screw it. Like, I guess that's it. She's not waking or whatever. So I just open the box van door and like fall out, <laughs> reach out, close the door. I crawl up my driveway in the snow and I reach up to the doorbell and just ring it like a bunch of times. And my mom's like, hello. And then I'm like, I'm down here because I couldn't stand up. And then she helped. Little known fact too. When I crashed, I was leading the main. I don't know, Travis. That story made me crack up. Kurt's like, yeah, he's just in the back crying, and then he gets home and he just like forgets all about his friends. Like, oh yeah, I forgot to even call your parents. Like, that's the, that's the, like such so a great best friend story from like their twenties. Like, he didn't give a fuck. Yeah, Kurt 100%. didn't give a damn once he got home. Yeah, he forgot all about him. <laughs> I feel like that's something that I would do. What Kurt did, just like forget to forget to call to get my buddy some help. I feel like that's something right up my my alley that I would do. Very yeah, that's thing. awesome story. Yeah. But I mean, that that's a tough deal for Steve there, crawling to the front door there, dude. Cheyenne, I broke my <laughs> pelvic bone in '95 or '6, and not like he did. I didn't do the joint; I just cracked it basically, and it was excruciating to move. The, the fact that he's like, yeah, I just had to fall out of the van. Basically, I can see him like crawling his way up almost to the door <laughs> in the ice and snow, and like. Like he's like, Mom, you know, help. <laughs> so great. A little <laughs> Lieutenant Dan action. Yeah. Cheyenne, that was a great story, dude. I don't know. I'm I'm definitely uh I'm promoting Kurt coming back more often. I need to get him in studio. Well he was in studio. Oh. Yeah, he was he was sitting well, off to I, the side. He switched places with uh Robbie for a little bit. See, that that was where I fell asleep and missed. Oh shit. Okay, Steve's, sorry. Steve's gonna love I, that. Okay, well, yeah, go back. That, you're perfect then for the wrap up show. Now you know. See, you didn't know. That's perfect. Steve would be Steve would be like, "Well, I can't believe you had somebody on that didn't listen to it all." But that's perfect. That's what the wrap up show's for. If you miss something, now you know what happened. Well, no, I I did. I well, I I take it back. I thought I listened to it all. I watched a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, and then I went back yesterday and watched more. And then on my way to the track today, I was listening to the parts that i knew i hadn't heard okay so i thought i had heard it all so i apologize it's all good but i did listen to 
99% of it. Okay. I missed that 1%. Well, Kurt was sitting over on the couch eating our jerky, and then he slid into Robbie's spot for a little bit right before I called in because that's when I called, and I was like, man, you know, he, does, he they talked about Kurt doing an insurance podcast, and I was like, well, does he need a, a wrap-up show for that insurance podcast? Because I'm a, I'm a Hurt fan now. But my call, Travis, we'll talk about that real quick because you want to know or you're excited about the Vet Nationals. I want to know what Steve's riding. I have a feeling it will be a 23 Yamaha 450. I don't know what else it could be that would be that's going to you know blow my mind. I don't care what he's on, though. I'm, I'm pulling the start on him, and he's not going to catch me. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm curious, too, because I – I wouldn't be shocked at all. It wouldn't surprise me to see him on the 23, but him throwing out the it'll blow your mind, I'm like, is he riding a Star Yamaha or like, oh, what's going on? Yeah, uh, that, that was my first thought. Dude, he's, he's showing up on a Star Yamaha. My mind didn't even go there. I didn't even consider like that he could bring like a factory bike. But uh, Fuck, who cares? I don't Whatever. <laughs> he, he can't get off the You've gate. He can't get off the gate. But here's the other thing. I've been riding here quite a bit, and I'm riding – pretty damn well for myself here in east texas but the times i've gone to ride in cali it has been bad so i'm not super super positive about what i'm gonna do but i do feel like stamina wise i'm gonna be doing pretty good because i am riding a mountain bike a lot and riding dirt bikes a lot i think i'll be fine i know my starts are gonna be better than what he's done the last couple years well i'll tell you (laughs) what dark side uh your strava there you really you, you were on the up and, and and now you're on the down. It seemed like 190 miles in one week. I thought that's pretty gnarly. Oh, I don't even know. I, I haven't looked at my weekly stuff. I didn't even know you could do Cause, that. Yeah, because I followed you and I went on your thing and I was like 190 miles in one week. You did that like maybe I don't know a couple of months ago. I think I was like, what? Oh, I don't. Well, here's the thing. So one day I forgot to turn it off while I was driving home. So it got my drive home. So that's probably not super accurate anyway. Uh, like I had a buddy text me and he goes, wow, that top speed on Strava is pretty impressive. And it was like 75 miles an hour. For like, <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, oops. <laughs> and then this last weekend I had my, my polar on while we were doing all the single track down in East Texas. But it, I don't think it was getting a good signal because it was like a 59-minute ride. And then we did two 30-minute rides. But some of it only showed like five minutes and six minutes. So, yeah, I, I forget to turn oh. it off sometimes, and sometimes I don't turn it on. So, And then sometimes like I have my watch going, but I also do it on my phone. So it posts it twice, even though it's supposed to be private on my phone. So I don't know, man. That's probably not real accurate, Travis. Oh. Here's what I'm right, averaging. Yeah. I'm basic- it's just weird. If you go and look at it, it literally goes from zero and, like, it's a pretty steep climb all the way to that one week where you did a 190. Yeah. And then it's, like, the same rate back down to zero. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so I, I don't know what's going well, on and there. I, think it, I noticed the other day when I searched it, there's, like, two accounts for me for some reason. I got to figure all that shit out. Here's what I'm doing basically every day. I either do my mountain bike ride, which is right at five miles, or I do about a 20, eh, 15 to 20 miles on the road bike. That's pretty much what I'm doing every day, one or the other. So whatever that equals out yep. to be, and I take one day off here and there when I'm, if I'm just really sore. So I don't know how many miles I'm doing a week, but that's basically what I'm doing. So if it's if it's anything excessive or weird, it's just because I'm screwing up the Strava. <laughs> so, gotcha. Yeah. So anyway, I haven't looked at it in that form like you're talking about. I just I don't know. Like I did five miles today on the mountain bike, even though I ate shit, and I still finished. So 
Okay, let's wrap this thing up, guys. I want to thank Motorsport.com, Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, and Seal Savers. I also want to thank all the other Pulp Mix sponsors, Fly Racing, X-Brand Goggles, uh, any other ones you can think of, Race Tech, Guts Racing, obviously. Um, go to PulpMixShow.com. All the sponsors are listed there. There's links and discount codes. Use them. Promote and spot. Uh, support the sponsors that support pulp mix so we can continue to have these shows if you have any questions comments critiques anything like that dark side at pulpmix.com uh travis anything that i missed that you want to talk about uh no i feel like we covered everything honestly it wasn't my favorite show that i've ever heard but mm-hmm. it was fine it, i mean it, it kind of felt like an off-season show sure yeah yeah it's it's going to be that way for the next couple months just small things to talk about but cheyenne how about you anything i missed uh, I think uh, we pretty much covered all the basics. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this thing up. I'm about to head to Dallas, catch a flight in the morning to Motocross of Nations. If you're listening to this and you're going to be at Motocross of Nations, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll meet up, say hi. I'm going to bring some stickers. I've got some Moto X-Pod show stickers and some stickers that Decal Works pr- provided me with at, say, Darkside or whatever. If anybody wants any, I'm going to have some stuff to give away. Few little things like that, but uh, yeah, look forward to meeting everybody at Motocross Nations. It's gonna be a good time. We'll be back next week. Pulp's back Monday night. I'll be back with Richard Taylor and R.J. Wageman, and I'm sure we're gonna talk about the U.S. being the Motocross Na- Nations champions. We're out. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show? Yeah.